This is With Intrepid Heart Sermons, sermons preached by Rev. Adam Moline at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can find our website at goodshepherdlincoln.org, and the texts for our sermons each week follow the historic one-year lectionary. Let's listen in to today's sermon. In the name of Jesus, amen. Your friends in Christ, St. John the Baptist is the last of the Old Testament prophets, even though he is in the New Testament. He was sent to prepare the way of the Lord, to make the road straight for him, to bring down the mountains and raise up the valleys so that the Savior could come. He prepared the way for the Lord. How? In simple terms, how did John the Baptist do all of that? Well, we see it happen right before our gospel lesson for tonight begins. He went and he preached and he taught and he baptized. And in his baptisms, he even said, I baptize with water, but someone bigger and better than me is coming later. I'm not even worthy to untie his shoes. He pointed to Jesus. He even did so right before our gospel lesson by saying this, pointing at Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the Son of God. This simple pointing to Jesus, this makes straight the ways of the Lord. This prepares a highway for our God. It brings mountains down. What mountains does it bring low? The mountains of pride and selfishness that are in each and every person. They are leveled by the preaching of St. John. What valleys are filled in and brought up? The valleys that are the depths of our sin. The insurmountable separation between people, and God's presence. By a simple word, behold Jesus. All of these things are made right. Behold the Lamb of God. In fact, St. John the Baptist repeats himself at the beginning of our gospel lesson for today. This is a huge deal that it's repeated twice. It tells us this is something St. John said often because the author repeated it. Behold the Lamb of God, John the Baptist says. He says it in the hearing of St. Andrew and another disciple. He points to Jesus, there, that guy, him. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The mountains are brought low, the valleys filled in, the way is made straight, and so St. Andrew follows 
Jesus. He leaves John the Baptist behind. He follows Jesus, desiring to hear what Jesus now has to say. He wonders where Jesus is staying, and he wants to stay at the same place that Jesus is. He is brought into the fold of the Lord, the flock of the Good Shepherd, the life of the resurrection and the life. Once he's in the presence of Jesus, Andrew's eyes are opened. He realizes that what John had said was true. And now that he knows that Jesus is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, he also goes out and preaches. He preaches for the first time to his own brother, Simon. The sermon is really pretty simple. We have found the Messiah. We found the Christ. It's almost the same as John the Baptist's sermon, in fact. And it has the same effect on St. Peter. It prepares Peter's heart to see the Lord. Do you see how wonderful all of this is? How simple it all is? A few short words. Look, there's Jesus. He's your Savior. He's your Messiah. These simple words prepare the way of the Lord into the hearts of countless sinful people. And I want to be really clear about it. John the Baptist did not convert St. Andrew to the true faith. John merely preached and pointed But the Holy Spirit did the work, calling, gathering, enlightening, and sanctifying St. Andrew. And St. Andrew did not convert Simon, his brother. He merely preached and invited, Come, look what I've found. And the Lord did the work. The Lord, through his own working, in his own word, in his own gifts, called, gathered, enlightened, and sanctified Simon. It is the Lord who gave him his new name of Peter. It was the Lord who brought him in to his own fold, By his own doing, it is the Lord who does the work of conversion, even when a sinner says the words. Now, 
We see that very, very clearly in our gospel lesson for today. We heard that very idea in the hymns that we have sung so far, even in the gradual and in the introit. We know that's the way that it works. What is hard is us saying the words. Come and see Jesus. We're afraid to tell people our faith. We're afraid to invite them to church, to bring them into the presence of Jesus so that he might do his work. We're afraid because we believe that the people that we invite into the presence of Jesus will judge us to be fools. After all, the religion of the Christian church is not the same religion of the world, is it? The religion of scientism is not welcoming to those outside of her ranks. Those who cry, follow the science, have no room for ideas like the resurrection of the dead, three in one, eternity at all. They won't believe in things that exist outside their own religion. And they believe that those things are foolish, and we don't want to look foolish. And so, unlike St. Andrew and St. John and St. Peter, we are silent. We're afraid to invite people into the presence of Christ because we're afraid that our employers or our fellow employees will find out and that we'll be punished for violating some sort of rule in our workplace and thus offend the God of money and wealth. We've been told by our boss, take your paycheck and be quiet about your religious stuff. We're afraid. We fear that the money will dry up if we offend that false god. And we have bills to pay. And that's important. And so we stay silent because we value the cash over the truth. We're afraid to point to Christ and say, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, because it might upset the delicate balance that exists within our own family. We're afraid our children will keep our grandchildren away from us, or that our sibling might not come to Christmas, or that there'll be awkwardness around the table during the meal. 
And so we stay silent. We're afraid of inviting our own children, making them come and sit next to us, learning the liturgy, teaching them to sit and to listen to the most important things because, well, they have other things. They need to learn teamwork in sports. They need to do homework so they can have a good job and serve the religion of money. They need to fit in with the world if they're going to succeed. So we are silent. We even say things like, we'll let the kids make their own decision about religion when they're old enough to figure it out themselves. Even though that binds them into an eternity of hell, the place we do not want them to be. We're afraid to bring others into the presence of Jesus because we're afraid they might challenge our faith or ask us something that we don't know the answer to that we might be put to shame in the eyes of the world for not having all the answers perfectly down and ready to use to defend what we believe. And so we stay silent. Even though God promises to give us the words to speak. Even though God promises to always be with us. We stay silent. Look again at the gospel lesson. It's so wonderful and simple. And God does the work. So repent of your silence. Conversion is not your work, it is God's work. You even confess this in the third article of the Creed. I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to Him. But the Holy Spirit does this work through the word, through the sacraments. We see that in the gospel lesson. Jesus does the work. The Lord himself, through the words of John, sure, through the words of Andrew, and even later, through the words of St. Peter. But God is the Lord of the church. He converts. We merely invite. We have found Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus does the work. He creates and sustains faith. He delivers to you and to all the gifts 
that he desires to give out. In the word of God, preached by preachers, read in the pages of your Bible, sung in the hymns of the church, and even in the liturgy that we follow each week, the Holy Spirit makes people Christian bringing to them the forgiveness of sins earned by Jesus' death and resurrection. He gives these things even to you through his word. He brings baptismal waters to you, pouring on you forgiveness, life, and salvation, cleansing you from all of your sin and all the wrong that you have done, clothing you in the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers every last sin that you have or and will commit. He feeds you with his own living, resurrected body and blood, the body and blood that hung on the cross for you, that died for you, that was buried for you, and that rose to guarantee that you will rise again. In these things, God does his work for you and for all that you bring into his presence. He does the work. God converts. wonderful. It's simple. It's easy. All we do is say, come and see. Come with me. I'll show you where on the page we are. God will make you Christian. Behold the Lamb of God. The one who saves you from sin. Christ does the work despite our efforts. He converts. In the name of Jesus, amen. That concludes today's sermon from Pastor Adam Moline. For more information about the Lutheran faith, check out our church website, goodshepherdlincoln.org. The title of this podcast, With Intrepid Heart, comes from the conclusion to the Book of Concord, where it is written, This is our faith, doctrine, and confession, in which we also are willing, by God's grace, to appear with intrepid hearts before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of it. God's blessings on your day.